This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are working through Colin Hansen's top theological stories of 2023. Today we are doing items four and three on the list. And I made a confession off the air that I'm now going to make on the air to all of our tens and tens of listeners. I feel a little, very much actually, not just a little, inadequate about this particular topic because I really haven't done any significant research or given any significant thought to it and it's about the different generations so if you go back and listen to a show from about a week ago you heard me say that a book i want to read and is on my to read list is a book called generations i own the book it's it's on my pile of books that are waiting to be read but i haven't gotten there yet and so i feel like this is an area of growth for me and i am so thankful at this moment that i have three other men in the room that can cover for me today because Colin Hansen's number four is Gen Z shows signs of spiritual revival. Ryan did some research off the air and can tell us that Gen Z is from 1997 to 2012. So if you're born in that period of time, you are a Gen Zer. What else can we tell us? Can you guys inform us about generation Z? All of my kids are Gen Z, so I, I should actually know something about them. But I, and their parents are probably Gen Xers. Yes. Yeah. 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 I am a and Gen skipped X. over yeah. by millennials. Yeah. yeah. There's a few millennials. My my kids are all Gen Z. Yeah. 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 I guess you're a millennial. So what's uh, the, I'm a millennial. Yeah. Got a yeah. 17 year old son, 12 year old daughter. Fits in there. Mm-hmm. So Gen Z would be some children that would be entering into college about now. Yep. Yeah. My yeah. son's a yeah. He's, uh, he's right in there in the middle of 06. So you've got maybe some college and, and upper grads um, and then some a b- bunch of high school students. So And what the how do we know that they're showing signs of spiritual revival? Is this go back to like the you know the stuff we were hearing on the news about the Asbury revival? That's what uh, Hansen points to in his article, um, looking at that season of worship and what he labels as as genuine revival. I haven't read enough of the articles about it other than that it, that it happened to say that there were signs. I know that when we look at genuine biblical revival, we're looking at worship and repentance and mm-hmm. turning to faith. So if there were uh, if those were symbols and, and attributes of the awakening, then that would be it. For me, I think one of the things that encourages me, maybe this is just anecdotal purely, but um, I've seen, I've got a brother who's a Gen Zer, and he's living in Southern California on a, a secular college campus, but has a deep faith mm-hmm. um, and recognizes some of the ways his fellow students without a, a faith like he has suffer from you know, anxiety and, and, and nerves and, and just purposeless, yeah, purposeless depression, fear about, you know, mm-hmm. engaging in anything serious and mm-hmm. with deep commitment. And yet that's not my brother at all. And so he, he fills me with, with great hope because he has a deep faith for Christ and a deep conviction about his purpose and, and life ministry. And so I think, I think overall, if we're, if we're seeing this 
it's helpful to know and understand, particularly from some of the surveys, what Gen Z struggles with and how the gospel might speak to them. I think that I think the thing that put this kind of on the agenda for Colin Hansen was that Asbury revival, yeah. you know, because that became a news item uh, that we heard about all week. You know, these students that uh, weren't leaving the chapel because they were in prayer and and that, and then it was kind of being filtered <coughs> to other campuses where that it was the experience. And we do really truly pray for a revival in our nation. I think that uh, you know what happens when there is a, a revival. There's three things, you know. Uh, sleepy Christians wake up, you know, they get, mm-hmm. you know, the Holy Spirit begins to do a work in their life and they, they, they come to uh, the conviction of sin and the assurance that they're in Christ. Nominal Christians also are converted because uh, the revival begins to convert uh, those who were Christians in name only, the cultural Christian, the kid that went to school that didn't, re- you know, he just, uh, call- all of a sudden he becomes, a, he, he becomes a true believer. And then also, non-Christians are going to come to faith as a result. So I think that we look for that to happen. You know, we pray for a revival, but that's a that's a Holy Spirit event. That's mm-hmm. that's We can't put it on a calendar and say we're going to have one this week. That's something that the Holy Spirit has to work. Yeah, and I'm by no means an expert, but I think one of the things that could lead to this, maybe that we're seeing, is this is a generation that really is kind of coming out of or has been – raised in a more materialistic modern culture society and realizing that modernism and materialism that that doesn't have the answers for the world around us and so you have this generation that sees those shortfalls and are looking towards uh the truth and what does explain our existence in our life is found in the scriptures i I continue to work with some high school kids through youth group in our church, through coaching, and um, I have kids that are in this generation. And, and what you find is that you have so many people that have bought into a, an emptiness and a worldview that cannot provide answers that are able to provide something to live life from. And so society has really strongly caused some confusion on identity, mm. on human sexuality, on purpose, meaning, has not been helpful. There has been a very aggressive campaign to, to indoctrinate young people into a, a mindset and a worldview that is not according to what the Word teaches. And what you find is that there are so many kids that are growing up today that are struggling with mental illness, um, depression, um, suicide numbers are, are so much higher. And I think it's a result of the emptiness that they're finding in, in things outside of the word of god now i do i have some concerns about what happened at asbury i'm not i -hmm. cannot speak authoritatively to Mm -hmm. whether that was a true revival or not um only god knows but there are some things that would have me concerned at least Mm -hmm. but true revival is like these guys have said is spirit rot um, we're going to have a conference September 27 and 28 of this year dealing with the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that the speakers will bring this out of the Spirit's work in revival. And I would just say that really I think Jonathan Edwards' book, Religious Affections, is still a helpful book in understanding what true revival looks like, the work of God in the hearts and lives of people – Young people today can't just have a religious experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
that won't actually undo the damage that society is giving them. Mm-hmm. They need to come to the point of true repentance. Yeah, the sign of uh, the sign of that conversion uh, of that experience being genuine is the change of the heart and mm. the fruits of the spirit that follow. Um, but I think that one of the things that maybe we perhaps we're seeing in this Gen Z movement, you know, of spiritual revival, is their longing for a community, mm-hmm. their, 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 mm-hmm. the the sense of community, which goes back to how important the church is to that sense of community. And I would say it's it ought to be that community ought to be intergenerational. It's not just I mean you're not gonna they're not gonna get all they need from just hanging out with their friends. They're gonna get all they need from ha- hanging out with people who demonstrate discipleship. Who who uh, you know they can consider the outcome of their life and see who, and see the uh, markers of that life that is devoted to God. So I would say they need com- they need community for more than one reason. They need community because they need the church. They don't need an experience that will fizzle in a moment. They need mm-hmm. a big God. Mm-hmm. And to be part of the family of God mm-hmm. is really what they need. They need the church mm-hmm. to be the to be the church. Number three in Colin Hansen's list is activists seek to change theology of sexuality from within Christian communities. Well, this comes in light of, uh, I mean, what probably one of the bigger announcements towards the end of the of, of the year was. Uh, Pope Francis's declaration that same-sex unions can be blessed in a church. And uh, that's just, I mean, not that we, <laughs> no one around this table submits themselves under the authority of the Pope, but uh, yet it, it's still as the one who the world recognizes as kind of, quote-unquote, the Christian leader. It's a big, just, shift, mm-hmm. in uh, uh, a monumental shift that... Uh, uh, is seen in the world's eyes in the Christian worldview. This actually touches on something that happened over a hundred years ago when um, Machen wrote his book Christianity and Liberalism. He was saying that this that progressive Christianity is not Christian, and uh, you know it is you know these changes of theology. You know the reason the, the there's these changes is they want to be more pragmatic they want to be more open they want to be uh, more receiving uh, you know the progressiveness of the of uh, culture is moving away from the church so they think if we can just kind of tie it to the church they'll still be with us but they're not the church they're not christian and this is the whole thing that uh, machen was bringing out in his book christianity and liberalism 100 years ago which makes it relevant for today it's never a positive thing when the church tries to accommodate the leanings of a society, the moral leanings of a society. The, the church is, is not to be an echo. It, yeah. it is supposed to be one that declares the truth of God's word and not accommodate the, the whims of a society. Yeah, it's De- a man by the name of Dean Ng uh, said, he who marries the spirit of the age will soon be a widower. And uh, that's the, you, you can't... You, you can't marry the spirit of age with true Christianity. And I think you've seen in the church movements of, of yesteryears this idea of, of the church always trying to, to put their finger on the pulse of society and say, okay, I'm going to be that to them and that to them. And really what happens is, one, pragmatism is not how we run the church. Mm-mm. And so we shouldn't pursue it anyway. But if you 
happen to be those that have tried it, what you'll find is you're always behind. Yeah. That by the time you figured out where culture was and you tried to accommodate them by changing your church to meet it, culture mm-hmm. has moved and you're behind. And then as you try to catch up, you never catch up and you're always irrelevant mm-hmm. in your pursuit of relevancy. And, and people try to, I think, well, people try to misuse Paul in saying that he tries to become all things to all men. Mm-hmm. and uh, They forget the, the, the bottom line of that. Right. It's Paul so did he, not change the gospel. Yeah, like he, so that I might win some. Right. And he wanted to bring, he, he did meet people where they are in our vernacular, but he looked at their context through the lens of Scripture and brought them to the truth. Mm-hmm. He didn't mold and shape the truth to fit their, what's going on in their culture. In, in most in most instances of these uh, things that we've been talking about about the theological events, it's been a denial of of the authority of Scripture. It mm-hmm. comes right back to that each time. Why are these changes taking place, or why are they changing for the positive? They're coming back to the authority of Scripture, or they're denying the authority of Scripture. I like Hansen's quote in particular here. He says, "History has shown that when you combine pragmatism with evangelism." you end up with theological liberalism. Mm-hmm. I, th- I still think Paul's in, uh, instruction in Colossians is so helpful. He says in Colossians 4, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. That's what Paul was addressing in Becoming All Things to All People. You're you're, you're meeting, quote-unquote, people where they are with the truth of the gospel, lovingly bringing the confrontational truths of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.